0: When I was just eight years old, I had to testify in court against my paternal grandfather for sexual assault. I remember walking through the courtroom to the witness box and seeing my grandpa's cowboy hat on the table where he sat with his two high-powered attorneys. There was the clock on the wall that I stared at while I answered questions that no eight-year-old should ever have to answer. I still recall the disappointing outcome of him being found not guilty. My name is Kelly Wallace. I am a writer and sexual assault survivor. I've undergone decades of therapy to overcome what I experienced, and writing is a part of my healing process. In this podcast we will talk with other writers who have also overcome sexual violence. Their stories are often neglected, but to me they are an inspiration and I'm excited to be able to share them with you. Welcome to Recognize Our Power. The topics we are discussing are sensitive and do come with a trigger warning. Please take care of yourself. If you are in need of resources, please visit our website www.recognizeourpower.com and click on the resources page.
1: You can thrive after abuse. Healing is not linear. And that, you know, healing can one day be like doing a spa day and the other day it can be crying. You know, there is really no destination, I think, of being fully healed. I think we're just constantly healing as we go. And I I think it's just like a lifelong journey of healing when you write for yourself and you put down how you're feeling and you just let yourself be in that moment, like be really grounded in your work that it doesn't matter if this is published or not, just write. Welcome to
0: the Recognize Our Power podcast, a podcast for readers, writers, sexual assault survivors and beyond. I'm your host, Kelly Wallace. Thank you for listening and subscribing. I'm so excited to dive in and introduce you to a wide variety of writers who are themselves survivors of sexual violence. I'm so grateful to be speaking to our guest today, Sierra Scott. She is a survivor and the senior content and strategist for the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization, the Rape Abuse Incest National Network, or RAIN. She has published film summaries for Rain on Luckiest Girl Alive on Netflix and Leave No Trace on Hulu. She also works part-time as an impact production coordinator with A Measure of Light. She's also a volunteer editor for the International Rehabilitation Council for Torture Victims and directly edits research papers submitted to the Torture Journal. Sarah Scott earned her Bachelor's of Science in Conflict Analysis and Resolution with a minor in Nonprofit Studies and her Master of Arts in Literature with a Certificate in Professional Writing and Rhetoric from George Mason University. Her research interests explored how writing can be used as a tool and catalyst for healing for survivors of sexual violence and torture. Wow, what a great resume. Thank you so much for coming on. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you share for us a little bit about your your growing up years?
1: Yeah. So I, I graduated from George Mason and with my masters. And when I, w- when I was studying there, I was looking at how one can heal through written forms, especially through poetry. And ha- especially for like tortured survivors or survivors of sexual violence, some of those memories can be like so repressed, especially for survivors of child sexual abuse, because I think depending on the extent of the abuse, like it can be almost so repressed and not forgotten. I always believe that your body remembers stuff, Mm -hmm. but in other ways it can like triggers can happen and you might not know why. And then that really goes back into like what happened and remembering that and putting words to it. So in grad school, I was just looking at, you know, how writing can be used as a tool for, for healing, for uncovering memories, for remembering. And then when I graduated four months later, you know, I saw that like Rain posted a content writer position and it was just like very aligning for me, you know, working for one, an anti sexual violence organization that I used in my own research mm-hmm. at school and grad school and undergrad and I also worked at the women and gender office and mm-hmm. in that, in that position, we were doing take back the night and working with survivors very directly. So it was just perfect. It was like, wow, like I've used rain as, you know, in my research for stats, for statistics and for mm-hmm. survivor stories and also used rain as a resource for myself when I was going through some, some things. So it was just, it was like very personal for me to see that position open up. And I was like, I have to apply for it. So, you know, I started in April of 2021. Yep. And I just started as writing the newsletters and Mm. brainstorming content pieces Mm. and that we could share about what Rain's doing internally, but also share resources about like self-care. And so I write like self-care monthly, different self-care pieces and now I got, uh, recently got promoted as the senior content writer and strategist. So now I have more, I would say like ownership and ways to really figure out how we can spread messaging and looking at our data and analytics and seeing yeah. how many clicks we get on a certain story. And if we do like continuing that content mm-hmm. because we see that people are really interested in that. So it's what I'm doing now. And yeah, it was just, I'm, you know, I always, say like even to my own team like this is like my life calling and my why in the world it's like to support and give resources for survivors as much as I can and then I think also being a survivor myself and then writing for rain it's just it's like I can never give up on this work it's just makes me it makes me so happy to be there yeah
0: it definitely sounds like it's ingrained in the fabric of your being. And that's just, it's so um, yep. inspirational to hear that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your work with Measure of Light? I'm assuming that's a, a nonprofit.
1: Yeah. So, So how that worked out was I was writing like summaries for different films that went out and I wrote a summary for Leave No Trace which is out on Hulu and it's about it's about the Boy Scouts how there's more than like 82,000 survivors dating back to like the early 90s and there's all of these cases that have been Mm -hmm. so pretty much uh, scout leaders and people who are in power or had like leadership positions in the Boy Scouts were sexually abusing the -hmm. boys and so this is a story of three to four different survivors who, you know, share their stories and what happened and who are really taking leadership and policy to do work around this, to get some kind of something back Mm. for themselves because so many boys have been abused. And so I wrote up a summary for that with rain and then the impact producer who was working on the film. So impact work is what are you going to do after this film is out? So that's, are we going to go to the Capitol and talk to senators to pass a bill? And then resources for survivors of the Boy Scouts who may be watching and they're realizing I'm a survivor of this or I can come forward. Mm-hmm. There's all these people who are coming forward now. Yeah. Um, so what does it look like in the impact the impact work so she she loved my writing, and she was like, "We want you on board and we worked a lot last year. It was really just creating a website, mm-hmm. a landing page where, after mm-hmm. you watch the film or the documentary, you go to a website and that's the website we create, and that has resources for mm-hmm. you know mental health or resources for recovery from you know anything really. Resources for RAIN, like putting RAIN in there. Resources around Stop It Now, like an organization that works and spreads awareness for child sexual abuse survivors. So it it was really just, you know, because I think films or documentaries can be, you know, triggering in a way like it can make you remember something, you know, when people are speaking out of their Abuse, then you remember or, you know, you realize I have the power to speak out about it. I can go get help. So we always want to make sure that when we're spreading awareness about sexual violence or mm. something that has happened at a huge extent, like 82,000 survivors of the, the Boy Scouts, right? We want them to also have a place where they can go after watching a documentary and be like, I can get help. I can connect with other Boy Scouts who've been survivors as well. Mm. So it's a way of just putting in action and getting resources out there.
0: Yes. So, so, so important. I think that's that movie actually has a Portland connection. There's a writer nope. here, Nigel Jayquist. And I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember several months ago it was being promoted in the alternative newspaper that Nigel works for. And I was like, I have to watch that documentary when it comes out. And then there's so many movies and document. I mean, there's so much media these days that I, I just forgot about it. But I,
1: yeah,
0: I remember that. Yeah, and the the victims I think were are are local here as well. Or some yep. of them are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, what an interesting connection to make. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, can you talk about some of the work that you do for the International Rehabilitation Council for Torture Victims?
1: Yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah, I saw that they were, you know, looking for volunteers. And I, you know, and I was like, I'm gonna try to build my resume up. But also working around, you know, torture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because there is state torture, which is committed by those in power, you know, authorities, police, people in, in the office and, or like, their military, so like that. But I wanted to bring in a new perspective that, torture can also be like from a family member and so that's still kind of in the works but right now what I do is if there is a piece that's submitted to the journal and needs editing I'll edit it I'll edit for grammar for consistency for just comments that I want to make and you know I want to look at torture on an aspect of like an in, in the international realm and then, I'm trying to bring a new conversation maybe one day if I get my PhD that, you know, torture can happen not just at the state level, but let's say somebody's in the military and they're out and they're using those same torture techniques on their children or their wives or their husbands. So I'm trying to look at it like that and raise awareness around that. But I thought, you know, it was just a great opportunity to continue seeing torture at a larger level and then, But yeah, the papers are written by people in the field who are working in, let's say, a state right now in conflict or a country in conflict and where torture is happening. And so they'll do like an analysis of it. And then I just really edit it.
0: Sounds like you have had your hands in a lot of different pots over the years and you have such a broad range of experience you know, from New York to the Philippines. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to work at Rain, and, and a little bit about the work that you're doing there?
1: Yeah, so I graduated from George Mason with my master's. And when I, w- when I was studying there, I was looking at how one can heal through written forms, mm. especially through poetry. And especially for like tortured survivors or survivors of sexual violence, some of those memories can be like so repressed, especially for survivors of child sexual abuse, because I think depending on the extent of the abuse, like it can be almost so repressed and not forgotten. I always believe that your body remembers mm-hmm. stuff. But in other ways, it can like triggers can happen and you might not know why. And then that really goes back into like what happened and remembering that and putting words to it. So in grad school, I was just looking at, you know, how writing can be used as a tool for, for healing, for uncovering memories, for remembering. Mm. And then when I graduated four months later, you know, I saw that like rain posted a content writer position. And it was just like uh, very aligning for me, you know, working for one, an anti-sexual violence organization that I used in my own research in grad school and undergrad. And I also worked at the Women and Gender office. And in that position, we were doing Take Back the Night and working with survivors very directly. Mm. It was just perfect. It was like, like I've used as, you know, in my research for stats, for statistics and for Survivor Stories and also used rain as a resource for myself when I was going through some things. So it was just very personal for me Mm -hmm. to see that position open up. I was like, I have to apply for it. So, you know, I started in April of 2021. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I just started as, you know, writing the newsletters and brainstorming content pieces and that we could share about what rain's doing internally, but also share resources about like self care and so I write like self care monthly so different self care pieces and now I got uh, recently got promoted as the senior content writer and strategist yeah, and now I, I, saw I have
0: that
1: yeah. yeah so now I have more ownership and ways to really figure out how we can spread messaging and looking at like our data and analytics and seeing how many clicks we get on a certain story. And if Mm. we do like continuing that content, because we see that people are really interested in that. So it's what I'm doing now. And yeah, it was just, you know, I always say like, even to my own team, like this is like my life calling and my why in the world Mm. it's like support and you know give resources for survivors as much as I can and then I think also being a survivor myself and then writing for Rain it's just it's like I can never give up on this work it's just makes me it makes me so happy to be there.
0: You are listening to Recognize Our Power I'm your host Kelly Wallace and my guest is Sierra Scott we will be right back after this break. Welcome back to Recognize Our Power. I'm your host, Kelly Wallace, and we are talking with Sierra Scott. So all of this sounds like just such great but hard work. And I know everyone, you know, heals from sexual trauma in a variety of ways. Aside from writing, what are some other ways that that you've healed from your own trauma and you take care of yourself just through... The day to day, because this sounds like such hard work that you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because I will write the self care pieces that come out uh, monthly at Rain, but then I try to implement those self care oh, pieces. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I try to, you know, take time to rest. And then I mm-hmm. think what's really important for me that I've learned is connection mm-hmm. with people just finding like friends to hang out with you know really taking your mind off of matters like this that could really be consuming mm-hmm. but also like just trying to find time to laugh again you know I spend time with my daughter teaching her like how to garden is really yeah. fun get your hands mm-hmm. dirty get your hands in the ground get really grounded mm-hmm. like that like literally yeah. I won't even use gloves because I want to feel something. Mm -hmm. Also for me, I lift, I go to the gym and I've been training, working with a bodybuilder who has just been really influential in my life. And just, and I think it just, it's not even just about like the lifts and, you know, building muscle. I think it's also about tracking your work, tracking your lifts, tracking your sleep, tracking like what your why is. And that really helps me track in other ways in my life like at my work or in my my own home yeah and then outside of that I would say like outside of writing just getting back into beauty Mm -hmm. you know get my nails done and yeah I might like try new makeup on because I think especially as for me like not wanting to stand out too much or It was, it was really hard for me when, you know, you've been sexualized in a way Mm -hmm. and you just don't want to be seen. And Mm -hmm. I think seeing yourself again and putting on a new lipstick. And I was always scared to put on something that could, that was flashy or something. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really helped me as well as getting back into beauty and whatever way that is, like skincare routines (laughs) and um, just like taking care of yourself. Because I think when, when you've been abused or tortured or, Sexually abused by people that you thought you could trust, it just takes away so much confidence. it can make you feel so many different, mm-hmm. different ways where you don't even want to look at yourself because you might feel shameful or all these different yeah. feelings I think that come with it, which is so normal. But getting back into like loving yourself and nur- nourishing yourself in whatever way that can be has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. for myself even trying like different teas at night <laughs> yeah and having like that warm cup of tea like has been mm-hmm. really helpful too because that's you know especially for survivors who have ptsd like if you don't feel grounded or you don't feel mm-hmm. physically like there, feeling something hot like a tea like can be really helpful or going outside when it's cold and just going on a walk with your dog and feeling and hearing sounds like and then pinpointing like, those are the trees. This is my dog. I'm outside and I'm here. That's really helpful as well.
0: Yeah. I think you really hit on some great points in terms of, you know, when we were children, or if you're a survivor that your your agency is taken away. And when you can integrate some of these healing activities like the tea, hearing the sounds outside in nature, it's so important to give you that sense of sense of agency and choice back in your life. And yeah, I love tea. I just discovered it several years ago, and I love trying all kinds of different teas as well. <laughs> so um, take us back a little bit to what were some of your early, early experiences around writing, and how did you find it? I know you talked a little bit about busboys and poets talk a little bit about your early memories of, of writing
1: so there is one that I remember and I was in kindergarten and a teacher was like just write anything that you want and I s- just take your pencil take your paper write and I started writing about opposites so I would say like all I said was hot and cold dark and night. And that was like my poem. I just did opposites. And she was like, wow, like you Mm -hmm. have this, you know, you're a writer or whatever, like you have this way of writing. So Mm -hmm. I think from there, like going up into, I would say it really started in middle school. I started creative writing. I would just write like stories in my book, like my little journal. And then there was actually an English teacher. Her name was Miss Wagon. And she just like could see that I could write and loved how I would analyze books. And it started really in English class too, when we would have to read a book and that I would just be so passionate about writing notes in my, my, <laughs> like a book that we were assigned and finding the themes and, fi- and really connecting with the characters. And then from there, it just, it just kind of like created this creativeness in me that I just started writing poetry and it would be about abuse. It would be about Falling in love or love, you know, all these different things. And then my teacher was like, you know, Sierra, I think you should do a s- spoken word. So I, I performed at my high school. I would do different like spoken word opportunities. And I, I think it was just like being seen by my teacher and her mm. love for my writing. Mm-hmm. She just really connected with me. And, and then from there, I just, you know, started looking at how can I integrate my love of writing into like research? And that's kind of where it went. And I would always journal in all seasons of my life as well. Mm. Even when I was in the Peace Corps, I, you know, then Mm. I try to be like, well, let's not just like write in my journal. Let's try to take it to a blog. Let's take it to interviewing survivors of, because I was working in Lesotho, which is a landlocked country in South Africa. Oh, wow. And I was working as a healthy youth volunteer. So we were working with HIV, Well, we were working around HIV and AIDS. And also that Tzalazutu is the second highest rate of HIV in the world with South Africa being number one. And that was literally like our, it was just, you could pass right into South Africa. So I then just started seeing that my writing could be outside a bit of poems and creative Mm. stories. And then I was like, well, I love working with people and hearing their stories. And then I would just start writing about who they are, maybe how they contracted HIV. And a lot of that was also around sexual violence. And I really wanted mm-hmm. to spread that word as well and get connected with people and then create a visual blog and write mm-hmm. there. And then honestly, I would just write about also not just around HIV and AIDS and, and that, but I would write about the country of like Lesotho. I also was in Kenya for a few a few different months and I just was so connected with the mm. earth and the people and the culture the trees the the chai tea and i would just yeah. sit there at night and write about all the beauties of the world that mm-hmm. i got to leave you know Fairfax county and i could go mm-hmm. overseas and it was like i really need to be in this moment mm-hmm. so i would just write while i was on the bus and i just looked around me and it was the sounds of just people who were singing in church and it was just so beautiful that I couldn't keep it in myself. I had to like write it out mm-hmm. and reflect on it. So yeah, writing has just always been a way for me to like put to words the feelings that I was feeling inside. And mm-hmm. I would say that's kind of how writing has just been like my, just a way for me to reflect into, cause I think sometimes feelings can be so. Huge in our, you know, in our minds or in our thoughts, and I just have to get them out. So then now when I look back on my writing when I was in Kenya, or I look back on a time when I was in Lesotho or when I was in the mm-hmm. Philippines, I can remember my experiences and like really mm-hmm. see the pages and the words again.
0: Yes. Yes. That's, that's fantastic. How did you end up in Kenya? Was that connected with your Peace Corps work or was that something different entirely?
1: Um, so that was, Through church. And that was before I went to the Peace Corps. Yeah. Yeah, And I just, it was like a mission trip. And, Mm -hmm. um, but for me it was more like not even spreading like the word of God. It was just like, I would just kind of connect with the the kids there. And I just had such a love for them and teaching math and English. And we had like different, we play sports and we played soccer and so yeah, it was, I had been there twice with like three years in between. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, there was something about Kenya where I felt connected, where I mm-hmm. felt like the love, literally the love, yeah. like just love. And I was like, you know, I, when I was younger, I really wanted to live in somewhere in Africa. Mm-hmm. I just loved Kenya so much. So when I got out mm-hmm. of gra- uh, undergrad, I was like, I'm going to go. So Lazuti was open yeah. and then as a country to volunteer in. And I was like, I want to be here for two years. It was, it's a two-year program. Yeah. And then I went to Luzitu, yeah. so.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I love Kenya. I was there uh, about a year ago and it's just, yeah, it's such a amazing country. <laughs>
1: yes. Wow. That's awesome.
0: So kind of going back a little bit to, your work with rain i know you and i connected through the survivor stories you used to write the survivor stories for for rain the monthly feature what have you learned from others who have shared their stories with you over the years for that that feature in particular
1: so i've learned that ah uh, man that these stories are like so healing for me mm-hmm. you know cuz i ask a standard Standard questions like Mm -hmm. what was it like for what was it like for you when you first disclosed and who did you disclose to what Mm. was you know was it supportive and you know they'll go into that and then it goes into what are you doing now like in your community or in your own business Mm -hmm. and I think you know what it's teaching me is that you can thrive after abuse it's teaching me even like how to what healing looks like and that healing is not linear and that, you know, healing can one day be like doing a spa day and the other day it can be crying. You know, there is really no Mm -hmm. destination, I think, of being fully healed. I think we're just constantly Mm -hmm. healing as we go. And I I think it's just like a lifelong journey of healing. I've learned that these people that I interview have also just become friends. Like I, you know, it's not just at, Mm. RAIN that I get to interview them that now I'm talking with them offline and I'm creating community with them as well and that we chat and check in with each other that connections can Mm. still be made outside of like just an interview at RAIN it's so much bigger than that I think there's tools that I've learned as well that they've shared with me and that I can that I end up using in my own life yeah so is so if that's you know one survivor had said like what is his message to survivors and it's just to keep going mm-hmm. and that's been really helpful to mm-hmm. me is just like keep going even if it's a new day like keep going even if you mess up keep going like even if i can't you know i talked about bodybuilding mm-hmm. a bit but even if i can't if a day i'm like just super tired just keep <laughs> going or if i have a horrible like memories at you know and i have dreams sometimes that i have nightmares keep going yeah. you know so i think it's so therapeutic for me mm to monthly talk to somebody Mm -hmm. who has done this work or who's who's doing the work Mm -hmm. and it's like it helps me like help myself there's some very powerful people that i've had the you know just like yourself Mm -hmm. and that i've gotten to talk with and now look it's like leading us to a podcast it's just (laughs) so much bigger than anything else in the world it's just it's it's just so helpful for me yeah and healing
0: i love that keep going That's fantastic. Fantastic. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to dive in and start exploring their own sexual assault through writing, whether it's journaling, or they want to, you know, go out and start writing a memoir? Any tips for people
1: who want to start diving in in that realm? Yeah, I mean, I would say like, you know, write for yourself. You know, if you open your laptop or your journal, or, you know, you have this idea, like, I think, Sometimes we might think, what will the reader think or what will the audience think? And I think when you write for yourself and you put down how you're feeling and you just let yourself be in that moment, like be really grounded in your work that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if this is published or not, just write. And I would, that's, yeah, that's what I would um, say, because I think for me, like, it really started at like a time when, you know, I was little and I had my journal and didn't think anybody... Would ever read it, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm writing and producing content on incest and it had its six series of like, what is incest and wh- how can you heal from mm-hmm. incest? And what are the effects of incest that when you get to a point of like, you're writing for yourself and you get to read that later, that's kind of what I would say is don't think about who's going to read this mm-hmm. or anything. You just write. One thing that I try to do when I write is think about all my senses. Mm-hmm. So like, If you're writing about smell, like write about smell or write about touch, write about seeing something or feeling something like all of these things, I think, you know, it can become really alive when your senses are also in that in that work.
0: Definitely, definitely. I I think that's that's so important. That's definitely an early skill that I learned early on is
1: yeah, writing from the five senses.
0: Yeah. So what's next for you or what are you working on right now with Rain?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm at Rain and I think what's been really great is moderating the survivor summits. Mm-hmm. We just had one that went out a few weeks ago. I mean, it was on uh, sexual abuse by a family member. My goal was really to expand Rain's content mm-hmm. on incest. And I think right now my goal is to continue to do that, but also to make sure that we're representing voices. From every demographic, mm-hmm. and I think also like we're thinking of having a survivor summit for for men, awesome. and just really touching up on all different groups. You know, the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. My but my goal and how I even when I was interviewed, what I've always said is that when somebody comes to our page, that they feel that they're being mm-hmm. represented, because I think it can feel you know traumatizing if you go to a resource and not see yourself or as yeah. a part of as the survivor community, if you're non-binary, if you, you know, believe in this or believe in that, that we're, that we're inclusive in the work that we do. So right now it's really to, you know, continue to stay at rain to uplift voices, to can, continue to write. You know, I've had an intern last semester, an intern yeah. this semester that I'm going to have. So also just to continue building up in leadership and And then also right now, I'm really working the strategist Mm -hmm. part of my title to really look at like the trends, really getting a scope of all the newsletters in our company, not just my newsletter that goes out, you know, Mm -hmm. monthly, but all of our newsletters, making sure that we're consistent Mm -hmm. in our work and our voice is the same. And so it's still to be at rain and just to... To protect the mission and make sure that, you know, survivors are getting all that they need. And just to continue with the survivor summits, it's really my favorite because I will be able to sit with, you know, survivors monthly, but then have an idea of like a survivor's summit for January and think of all the people that I've interviewed and then have them, three of them come together and have a discussion with each other. So just to find more opportunities and ways that we can elevate voices
0: fantastic fantastic wow you're so busy <laughs> that's <laughs> it's such great work that you're doing and so where can where can people find out more information about rain and the survivor summit as well as yourself
1: yeah i would say there's newsletters that you can sign up for specifically probably the the one that i write which goes into it's the Rain News newsletter. Mm -hmm. So it goes into, you know, the survivor stories, the summits when they're aired, how you can tune in, there'll be links on those newsletters. Also, you know, you can even go to the website and go to the news section and then it will go into like, what are we doing internally at Rain? You know, what's going on with policy Mm -hmm. or policy work and where we're working specifically in the year and which states we're working in and what bills that we're working on as well so that's a great way to stay in touch also our instagram which will have you know resources there the survivor summits as well and then you know our tiktok we also have a tiktok for rain so that's that's for rain for myself i would say i'm kind of in the early stages but i think i'm going to create a website of just you know the work i've done and the work that i can also offer if that's you know, getting picked up by, a uh, impact filmmaker, mm. like then I can do work with them and work as a contractor. Cause that's kind of what I was doing with a measure of light mm. is contract work. And, you know, if they need me, they need me. And if they, they don't, or they know of an op- another opportunity, I think. So i am going to have like a landing page for myself of like, this is who I am. <laughs> and then the, these are the things that I can offer in terms of writing or if that's speaking, mm. um, I think it's kind of come to me rather than me trying to create it. Mm. So I'm like, I got to get on board and just align with that and then try to create. Cause that's another thing how, you know, survivor stories have been very helpful for me as well, because then when I look into who they are, they usually have like a, a page in the work that they do. And, So I'm like, okay, I got to get on this. (laughs) So (laughs) I will have that soon and send that over. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, I'll link in the show notes to all your socials and the Rain website, of course. So to find out more about our podcast, please follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, or visit our website, www.recognizeourpower.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. If you have an extra few seconds, please leave us a review to help the algorithm. Yeah, so thank you so much for, yeah, taking taking the time today and um, what a great conversation and I'm excited to hear, you know, about all the stuff that you're doing at yes. RAIN. and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to thank my guest today. Be sure to check out our show notes and website, www.recognizeourpower.com follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm your host, Kelly Wallace. This podcast is produced by Three Wire Creative.